Hello and welcome to Gravitas Wins Conversations. In 2014, I wrote an article saying future of jobs is partnership of experts. In it, I argued that experts will come together much like actors, musicians and directors come together to make a movie. So when I came across Shrest, who has founded a company in this domain, I couldn't resist inviting him to the podcast. Hope today's conversation gives you some perspective about this trend and also help you play along in this domain. Hey, Shrest, welcome to the conversation. Hey, thanks, Joseph. Thanks for having me on your uh, podcast. And, uh, uh, you know, very happy to share uh, my thoughts with you. It's, it was really, you know, fortunate for us to connect because after you, we spoke for the first time, I did read the article and, you know, I, my thoughts are so in line with that article. And I'm so happy that you thought of it almost eight years before now. Uh, you know, it's just amazing. And I, I really couldn't miss up an opportunity to chat with you about the same thing. So thank you for having me here. And, you know, uh, looking forward to a very engaging conversation. Great. Uh, Let's start with your startup. What is Bigig and what's the key insight that is behind that venture? So Bigig, Joseph, for us is, well, we first started off as a concept to become a marketplace. And then we realized that by just being a marketplace, we're not doing justice to it. So we mm -hmm. see ourselves as an ecosystem of gig workers, right? Now, there's a difference between a marketplace and an ecosystem now. Earlier marketplaces, and you'll see there are a bunch of marketplaces out there, right? So we're not, we're definitely not the first uh, freelancing marketplace per se, but we want to be the first freelancing ecosystem. Now, how does mm -hmm. an ecosystem differ from a marketplace is, while everybody else is interested in, you know, connecting enterprises with freelancers, we want to take it to the next level. There are some, you know, needs which are clearly identified, right? Where every, every freelancer, every platform out there is offering freelancers, you know, exciting gigs, ability to make money on the side and so on and so forth. But we realized that, you know, after we died, we spoke with almost thousands of freelancers, we realized that there is an unmet need in the market, which nobody was really looking at. And that unmet need was, uh, you know, so many other things that corporate or full-time employees get as opposed to, you know, uh, freelancers. So we set out with the mission that we will get these uh, freelancers or gig workers, the same benefits and therefore have to create an entire ecosystem, right? Where they mm -hmm. come in and they get the same benefits that, that a uh, employed, uh, sorry, a, a, a corporate employee or a full-time employee would get. So BGIG in a nutshell is a freelancing ecosystem which connects tech freelancers with enterprise. Mm -hmm. Okay. So when you say benefits, are you talking about, say, for example, insurance and then so on and so forth? Can you give me a little more detail sure. about what sure. kind of benefits are you talking about? Sure. So, I mean, the most obvious one today is insurance, right? Because um, one of the ways in which uh, freelancing differs from a full-time job is that, you know, when you sign up as a freelancer or rather when you sign up as a full-time employee, your organization offers you 
medical insurance some of them even give dental so on and so forth uh, accident insurance so you know all of these other wonderful perks but when you sign up as a freelancer you miss out so insurance mm-hmm. was really the most low hanging fruit but there are other needs beyond insurance that if you can really start looking at so for example um i i was a employee before this right and some of the things that were offered to me included you know advisory on how to file my income tax right mm. or it was advisory given to me or you know i i was eligible for you know some perks like family paid family vacations uh you know certain other allowances like uh, you know and there were some tie ups which our parent company had with other organizations so i would get discounts and so on and so forth um so we started realizing that one is on a very uh very basic level there are these gaps which none of the other ecosystems or rather none of the other platforms are looking at today and that's something that we set out to address the second part is that we also realized that beyond these materialistic needs there are some psychological needs right mm. i'll give you a very interesting example one of the earlier conversations you know again from the various conversations that we did with freelancers uh the the mindset or the respect that comes with the word freelancer today is is not where it needs to be right mm-hmm. there are very few who have progressed and you know who who now realize that freelancers can probably outturn a lot of us uh but the mindset or the word still comes with that stigma that you know uh you know that you're probably not doing so well in life and therefore you decided to do freelancing so that's the other part that we want to address we want to challenge and we want to change the perception as well that really gig workers today are rock stars who choose when they want to work who they want to work for and it's not like uh you know they are uh they have an dearth of opportunity right so that's what we are trying to address we're trying to show that there is enough opportunities out there um and it's really a very big homage to the whole fact that the entire world has embraced work from anywhere as a culture so that is definitely giving that push as well but more and more people realize that i don't necessarily have to fall into that 9 to 6 frame of mind so obviously yes there is that expectation that is helping us but on a larger picture we are looking at benefits some uh, corporate benefits like you know insurance being the most common one but you know let's see if you can help people get upskilled if you can get them uh, certain perks that they would have gotten in the full time role like paid vacation so on and so forth so those are some of the uh, other things that we're looking at to create that entire ecosystem yeah as you rightly said ashrit uh, that it's an ecosystem and so you are also building a kind of safety net for these freelancers by by providing not just the insurance but then also all the other just for example the discounts that i might get mm-hmm. uh, i might lose all of those perks so you are creating that kind of a safety net and also you are making it easy for freelancers to become freelancers or somebody who is considering these uh, things hey you know what it's not that bad you will you will have all of these things probably it is even more and it is it is safe to become a freelancer or a gig worker that's right that's right and at the same time you know again 
I think you've hit the nail on the head by saying that more than a safety net, what we're trying to look at is how do I make sure that it gets projected as not just a viable alternative, but suddenly people start looking at it as their primary choice rather than a option to fall back upon, right? Because um, so there is this um, data scientist who we work with. Um, my friend, he he used to work in the US, uh, was was part of one of the, and we've discussed this story earlier, you know, uh, he was he was in uh, one of the FANG companies, or rather now MANG companies, and uh, was doing pretty well, always wanted to come back, uh, but didn't have the opportunity to do so. And then he decided during the pandemic that he wants to come back. And funnily enough, he's a, he's a huge nature lover, right? And he loves the mountains. So he bought a small piece of land in um, in uh, Raniket, which is one of the towns up in the hills, and started living there, is now based his entire life out of there, does remote assignments, does two or three assignments uh, for, you know, one or two for a sm small startup. Then he has his own main job, and then he's doing two or three gigs on the side. And he said that he was willing to take a pay cut as well. And now he's just enjoying life, right? So for him, the equation wasn't so much as, uh, you know, freelancing is, you know, uh, okay, whatever. But now he actually enjoys his freelancing and his gig work more. And he's now taking up advisory roles in a lot of other companies on their data, um, on their data science stuff as well, right? So he's helping them out, formulate their strategies and so on and so forth. So he's now thinking of actually quitting his main job and doing mm. this on a regular basis. Mm. Okay. See, when I graduated out of college, I'm, I'm talking in the 90s, 94s, our parents would go for a walk and they will all be very proud to say, my son is working, my son or a daughter is working in a government company. Mm. they're having a government job. Mm. And at that time, working for IT was, why would anybody work for it? There is no future in IT. Now, then IT became something that was sought after. Now, everybody is very proud to say, I'm working in Facebook, I'm working in Meta, I'm working in uh, TCS, or my son is working in Infosys, and so on and so forth. So that mind shift has happened. In that particular sense, what kind of societal changes would help accepting this particular kind of format in a, in a much more positive way? So for another great question. So Joseph, uh, if you look at it, let's, let's break it. Let's break down what you just said, right? So let's say the nineties belong to the early nineties belong to government jobs. Right. And then after that, there was a transition towards working in a tech company. And now there is a transition towards even people accepting uh, I mean, with the boom of unicorns and startups just going crazy left, right, and center, then there, you know, people started understanding that entrepreneurship is a viable option as well. Um, and until you see the recent trend, and and kudos to what is happening on Shark Tank, you've seen that you know the impact mm. that a show like that would have on uh, the society at large in creating more budding entrepreneurs. Right? I think the there is a natural progression here. And society will will change at the rate at it is supposed to. So nothing that you and I will do right now will cause an immediate change overnight, right? But what it will do is 
gradually when people start understanding that being a freelancer is almost being what i call in the word as solopreneur right mm. you are mm. running your own business you are you have decided that you know this is your main source of income you could start later on you know and and the best part is a lot of our freelancers get together in small groups it's a group of 3 friends group of 4 friends who will just come together do a project and this thing and they have a lot of fun and then when they start realizing that this fun is also paying for their bills is when mm. they start realizing that you know maybe it's not such a bad option after all then the bigger part is and and you know we live in a society which is so uh, amazing that you know bigger part is that when i have to explain or rather i personally had had a tough time doing this but when i had to explain to my parents what freelancing mm-hmm. entails <laughs> right and uh, and you know just getting them to understand that hey this is a viable option i think and once they understood what was really going on and you know the kind of uh money that was coming in that's when they started realizing it's not that bad of obviously the bigger challenges still remain right which i told you which is the gap because of uh no insurance no perks uh there's no safety and there's no progression because all of those things still remain right so there people are still slightly hesitant but mm. once this concept of all of these other things right because if you look at it people are slightly going away from safety right so government job it entrepreneurship right so the amount of safety is just taking a dip but with that because the risk appetite is also increasing i'm i am pretty sure that when people start looking at gig working with the same lens they'll understand that the payout as is with respect to the risk that they're taking is justifiable and the bigger part is all my conversation with gen z folks all my conversations with millennials people are rejecting the 9 to 6 culture anyway correct mm. i mean if i talk about myself i can't sit and do 9 to 6 anymore it's just <laughs> it's just not in my dna anymore to to have a boss who tells me that oh you know you need to do this and sometimes for me it just used to get so repetitive and so mind numbing that for mm. me this became that oh, i can i i mean sometimes i would just feel the frustration and then other times i realized that you know the goal that i set out to do in my firm i could get that accomplished in let's say uh you know two days out of the five days Mm. Three days, I'm just sitting around doing nothing, twiddling my thumbs. Mm. That's mm. not how I function. So those three days, I would invest two days in trying to learn something new, pick up a new skill, or network, or you know, catch up with friends or whatever. And then I realize if I'm already living that lifestyle, right? Why do I need somebody to tell me <laughs> that? Listen, this is the kind of work that that we expect out of you, right? I don't need that hassle in my life. So that's. so when i hear the gen z and the millennial folks speaking the same language it gives me a lot of joy and it gives me a lot of pride right because knowing that this is the wave that is going to come anyway mm-hmm. the second part to this is it's the same workforce which wants to believe in a cause which wants to believe in a mission right mm. 
if if that's the workforce that is going to come in and if you are not adept at letting them believe in multiple causes right if you if you can't offer them that flexibility you are going to lose out and we are seeing the talent war going on right now right absolutely uh, the united states calls it the great resignation or whatever we want to call it but more and more people have realized that i i don't have to go to work i can sit at home i can do the same amount of work probably get a lot, lot more done i can enjoy a quality life rather than you know just slaving away in front of a computer in a restricted environment where i am told what to do and somebody else judges you know whether i have done met their expectations or not so it is about taking back mm-hmm. control and i'm pretty sure when the gen z and the millennials keep entering the workforce i we're seeing the shift happen but i'm sure that it will uh exponentially increase and what we will see is you know the uh, the the ecosystem develop a lot more absolutely i completely agree with you on that uh, shrit now what type of employees you, we we probably we should stop calling them as freelancers and we should call them as solopreneurs now i wish i could take credit for that term it's a it's it's a term which is being the which is being used before <laughs> yeah so where which type of employees fit into that kind of a role is it is it all low level people or is it at the executive level which one suits better in this so joseph i i let me let me answer it again with you know uh giving an uh an, an answer that i'm seeing on the ground right now and mm-hmm. then something which i foresee maybe in the next 3 4 years right right now on the ground at least and i'm giving you an example out based out of india because majority of my clients are india india based right now people are okay to get up to a manager level as a freelancer right mm-hmm. because they're still experimenting with the concept so traditionally what people used to call as uh, you know as a kra in the development team is now being outsourced as a work package right that this is the defined outcome that i have and if this is the defined outcome i need these two roles to come and fill this outcome and deliver that for me i don't necessarily have to take them on my payroll mm. once those work packages start accumulating right is when you start getting into a solution level discussion right so you could essentially say that i don't need the architect on my role full time on mm. my full full time i can just hire an expert who comes in who just does the solutioning for me tells me that you know you will need these two roles or you will need these five skills to get this work done and you will probably need a project manager to get this done take that concept one step further if at an executive level you get somebody who has the industry knowledge of let's say x number of years and can at the same time bring that knowledge set to you for you will need them for let's say 10 hours 15 hours 20 hours you don't need them 24 hours or rather 12 13 hours a day you just need them to bring in the right expertise to bring in the right knowledge when you need it and then it mm-hmm. is back so on the ground right now like i said till the manager level people are people are comfortable very few people are experimenting it at a cxo level in fact uh, 
I think it was last month or the month before that, where I was on a CII panel, where we were discussing the same thing where we had said that, you know, will the role of a CIO or a CTO become gig? Mm -hmm. I think the interesting conclusion that everybody reached on the panel was not right now, but mm -hmm. they want, they see it happening in the next three years, four years. And you and I both know that's not true. You and I both know that there are examples of CTOs who are in gig. It's just that, you know, it's just that that mindset still prevails. So my answer is there is nothing which is going to stop a CXO, a CTO, a CIO, CFO becoming gig. But people aren't that used to the model right now. So they don't know how to work around that model as of, as of now. But if we create secure um, environments for, you know, individuals to work in. And by secure, I mean, from a data security point of view, where maybe we use virtual desktops, we use whatever, where the intellectual property of an organization stays within that company. I don't see a challenge in uh, a CXO role becoming a gig role in the future. Okay. So I, I want to touch upon that particular thing because today the problem or rather the the doubt that people have is an architect or a higher level person, architect or a CTO or a CFO for that matter, if they were to be fractional, they come work for me for some time, then they move out. And if they work at the same time in multiple companies, what happens to my intellectual property? Right. Will there be a leakage? How would How can we address that? So like I said, Joseph, I think one of the ways you can do that is virtual in virtual desktop environments, right? So you create a box where everything goes on there and you do that. Second is uh, there are enough uh, distributed systems which are coming up, right? So maybe you use that, you start leveraging smart contracts to do your transactions and mm. things like that. Uh, I, and to be honest with you, I don't know the answer right now, right? Because it's something that even I am trying to figure out that if that is the answer that we can solve for today, I think it there will be nothing left for us to <laughs> discuss three years from now, right? But <laughs> I think virtual desktops, VDIs are there. VDIs are one possible solution. Secondly, um, you know, the the other part that I I think that people also hesitate on this is around accountability, right? Yes not just data privacy, but even around accountability. So let's say if I'm working for five different organizations, how do, how can you confirm or how can you be sure that I am giving my 100% to your project? Essentially, I'm not, I'm giving 20% of my time, right? But even in that 20%, are you getting what, what was promised? And that's where that mindset needs to change from monitoring the number of hours I'm dedicating to you to the mm. output that I'm delivering for you. If you are clear on the goal that you want me to deliver on, right? If the organization is very clear, crystal clear, and we see this with a lot of the enterprises that we work on right now, they have crystal clear outcomes. And the more clear and the more well-defined the outcome, the easier it gets for um, the delivery of the project to happen because there is a defined and agreed upon milestone that, yeah, this mm. is where we need to go. So the trust and the, uh, the trust in the system starts increasing and people 
generally start thinking that oh you know what i don't need to make sure that he is there sitting on the, across the table for let's say 6 hours a day as long as the outcome is being met i think it's a it's a work in progress i think the early adopters have have it down they've started in fact we learn a lot from our customers on this as well right so when we take a few learnings from some a set of our customers we try and advise the net, next set of customers that you know we have a client who does something like this maybe that's a, that's a practice that you can follow as well um you know they they define outcomes and outcomes can be broken down into milestones and these are some of the things that you can do uh we've seen that you know best practices start getting uh and it's not just us there's people hire consultants today who help them do the same thing yeah. and yeah. Uh, we've realized that you know uh, these are some of the things that help uh, you know build that trust into the system more and more and people want to try out so given the scenario that we are in where there is a major talent crunch where you still mm. need a lot of your tech work to get done people are willing to experiment right now and they're realizing that the new path which is hiring solopreneurs is actually more rewarding in some cases than waiting for the full time employee to join because you're not sure the in the industry today <laughs> offer to joining ratio is 50% there's a one absolute that the guy you hired on the day of uh, the person you hired on the day of joining must just, might just give you a call and say hey you know what uh, correct i got a different offer i got a better offer right yeah so and that is true. that we haven't come across with solopreneur so far mm, very true okay so now changing gears a bit talking from a solopreneur or a consultant or a employee perspective now this is a new model that's on the horizon that's coming up what skills other than the core technical skill that i have to build other than that what are the skills that will help me to thrive in this kind of a new environment oh brilliant question because this is something that we actively work with a lot of our uh, you know solopreneurs to or rather our gig workers to focus on right so amassing technical skills is good because you know and mastering them is even better but you know there are a lot of soft skills that actually help you cross the line right so mm-hmm. uh, i'll tell you um the the one thing that is really important is your previous customer feedback right and the relationships that you and that gets highly leveraged or rather that gets highly um used in a manner in where that it shows again that trust that you know that mm. this person can deliver the work that they say so the second part is that uh, on you know so you know soft skills like you know actually being able to network with your client and build relationship or having your portfolio up right on mm. any one of these um on any one of these libraries where people can just go and see the kind of work that you've done in the past because it because it shows that yeah there is a verifiable uh, link that says that whatever this person is claiming actually exists the third one is putting in an effort to you know brush up your language skills your communication skills because you never know where your next opportunity is going to come from today uh the concept of boundaries is gone right so very true i could get a next gig from let's say somebody somewhere in eastern europe right so 
as long and there are some cultural things that i may need to just pick up before having that conversation right so if i know that there is somebody who's going to interview me from that part of the world at least being aware of that culture helps right so putting in that effort putting in that research to understand who am i interacting with then there are other things like you know obviously the very basics the sheer basics that it never hurts to pay it forward right so mm. when you know that there is a there is a talent out there for which the demand is somewhere that you know so for example uh, i had when i started off this business i wasn't looking so much into referrals right and that's when i realized that referrals is probably the best way to get freelancers today uh, when people started referring other people for roles and that concept of paying it forward actually helps a lot right very true because you're now not only doing this for yourself but you're getting other people known people quality people involved so again it increases your uh, trustability quotient right and then you know you start your profile starts to seem stronger so that concept of paying it forward is something that we've seen that works wonders so there are these things that you can do right portfolio social skills do a bit of research um and pay it forward that you know really really helps people get these gigs faster and you know again certifications a lot of people a lot of uh, enterprises when they interview they ask for certain certifications right so if if it's a skill that uh, you can get a certificate for definitely get it because you know again third party validation of your skill set really helps mm. Mm. so the core message being that this this entire setup this entire economy works on trust so whatever you can do to help increase the trust in your profile works wonderful shrest this is a concept that i've been thinking about and i have tried to implement it to some extent but i can keep on talking about this for for long because as i said it was such just an idea in my mind but now i see that you have brought it down as a concrete concept mm-hmm. so we can we can keep on talking about it but thanks a lot for taking the time to share what consultants can do what solopreneurs or the would be the wanna be solopreneurs can do mm-hmm. to play in this particular uh, domain mm-hmm. and good luck for whatever that you are doing i i wish you all the best thank you so much joseph thanks so much i hope you enjoyed our conversation please share what you liked in our conversation on social media and tag us connect to shrest on linkedin and see how he can change your life and change your career thank you have a life of it